Welcome to Concept to Cover, a Jenkins Group podcast. This week, we're joined in conversation by Marsha Layton Turner, a veteran ghostwriter of more than 50 books and countless magazine articles. Today, we're going to talk about why we're hearing more about ghostwriting in the media today. Welcome, Marsha. Hey, Leah. Thank you so much for having me. Why don't you start us off and tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to be a ghostwriter and sort of how you got into this mysterious business. Yeah, mysterious is a good word for it. And I think my experience entering the industry or the the profession is pretty typical based on what I've heard from other ghostwriters. So about 20 years ago, when most of my work came through my agent, because I was writing books under my own name, she approached me about a a problem book, a book that was under contract and overdue by seven months. And the author had not started writing at all. Exactly. And my thought was, well, why don't they just cancel it? Well, they had so many pre-orders that they knew it was going to be profitable and they didn't want to cancel it. They wanted to find a workaround. And so I had earned I guess, a reputation as somebody who could write quickly and who could fix things. I was a fixer. And so they said, Marsha, fix this. And I didn't really know what that meant in this case, because there wasn't a a book, an existing book to fix. There wasn't a manuscript. There was an outline. And so the author shipped me bankers boxes of notes organized by chapter, which was awesome. And I asked my agent, how do you expect me to (laughs) turn this into a book? And she said, well, just go through and interview him for each of the chapters and figure out what he wanted to say, because that's what the publisher is expecting. You know, they've approved the outline. You just have to make sure that they get what they need. And so that's exactly what we did. I would review the background materials for each chapter, and then I would interview him and take notes on what his message was. And I got to ask questions. And so by the end, we had a what I think was a very decent manuscript explaining this. It was a marketing concept. And so I handed it off and they took it and ran with it. I, I think from start to finish, it was six weeks, which was crazy fast. Very fast. But but I loved it. It was so fun. And I said, wow, give me more of that. Like, I didn't know what it was called <laughs> other than like fixing but she then said, okay, well, we'll look for more ghostwriting. And so that's how I got into it was just by being in the right place at the right time. And then what I discovered through my doctoral research, which I just finished on book ghostwriting, I studied the industry for the last three years. And what I heard from other ghostwriters is they used words like they fell into it. They came across it. They didn't realize it was a thing. And so I think that's a typical experience of just being handed opportunities and running with it, not really knowing what you're doing in the beginning, but figuring it out along the way. It's hardly ever one of those things that someone sets out to do at the beginning of their career. They never say, I'm going to go to school to be a ghostwriter because really there's no school for ghostwriters. You don't get a degree in ghostwriting. And I, I've been in this business for more than 20 years, and I've also heard the same thing from ghostwriters, that it is just a falling into it situation or by accident. And it is one of those 
sorts of jobs where back in the day, you know, 15 or 20 years ago, you didn't hear about it that much. It wasn't a profession that everyone talked about or that anyone talked about. And if you were a person that hired a ghostwriter, you certainly kept it secret. So one of the things we want to talk about today is why are we hearing so much more about it in the media today as opposed to how we never heard about it 15 years ago? So what are your thoughts about that? Why are people just more willing to admit this, do you think? I think there are a lot of things going on. Number one is the the volume of ghostwriting projects that are out there. There's just more ghostwriting being done. And that goes back to the change in the publishing marketplace that happened, as you said, right around 15, 20 years ago, when self-publishing technology emerged. And suddenly anybody could produce a book. You know, 20, 25 years ago, you had to go through a mainstream publisher. They were the gatekeeper and they decided what would be published and what wouldn't. And when self-publishing came along, anybody could decide that their book was good enough, (laughs) that they were expert enough. So that was one thing was just the rise in opportunity for ghostwriting. But I, I think, too, there was still shame around it. The authors who were hiring ghostwriters to work with them didn't want anybody to know because they thought that meant that they were less experts. And so they didn't talk about it. And that's why we have NDAs that ghostwriters have to sign saying, I will not reveal that I ever worked on your project. However, it became kind of obvious that ghostwriters were being used by celebrities and athletes. And at some point, I think somebody said, of course, I used a ghostwriter. Like, I'm not a writer. So I think once they started admitting that they used ghostwriters and that, of course, they had help and there was no big deal about getting help, that more people were willing to admit, well, well, sure. And so that reduced the shame that I think some authors have had about using ghostwriters is that they said, yeah, of, of course, of course, I used a ghostwriter. I think then to the rise of social media is part of this whole equation, because with social media emerging and needing more content to sort of feed this, I was going to say monster, I don't know if it's a monster, but the platforms needed content from users. And so people ran out of time, essentially, trying to keep up with this need for content. And so they started using ghostwriters to create blog posts and articles. So just these, the role of the ghostwriter became much more prominent in all kinds of publishing. And then there's also the thought leader, (laughs) the emergence of this thought leader, I don't know if it's a role or a, a position, I guess, that people aspire to have. Everybody wants to be a thought leader. And one way to become a thought leader is to build a following. The other way is to write a book. And so depending upon who has, whether you have more time or more money, you can either invest the time to build this following by creating lots and lots of content over time, or you can publish a book that demonstrates your expertise. And and so that's kind of the fast track. So that too plays into why we're just hearing more about it. And then of course, more recently, you have books like Spare where the ghostwriter is almost as big a celebrity as Prince Harry, I think. There have been so many interviews him about the experience of working with Prince Harry. And so we're hearing the word ghostwriter so much more frequently, even in the last six months or a year than I think ever before. And I think it's also, 
not as big of a story, but it's it's certainly right up there with the book itself is how was this book written with the ghostwriter? Ghostwriter, what was your experience working with Prince Harry? What was he like? How did this book come together? So I think that also adds a, another level of flair and, uh, you know, juiciness to the story itself. Because yeah. I think having a book ghostwritten with Prince Harry, that's certainly really great. But I think everybody thinks they want to be the ghostwriter to Prince Harry or Andre Agassi or Laura Bush. They they all want that opportunity to get in there and get inside the head of those famous people. But really, the truth is, it's not always a magical experience. It's a lot of really hard work when you get down to what it means. And a lot of times people don't understand the level of depth and detail. And, and really what ghostwriters end up becoming is sort of pseudo-therapists, you know, working through all these issues with their clients. And how do we then take and express those issues into something we can market as a book? Absolutely. I, I definitely think therapist is a key role that the ghostwriter plays. And even with business books, which is what I write, I I wouldn't have thought that I would be playing therapist to some of my clients. And yet, when you talk about, say, the companies that they created and how they came to be, it goes back to an origin story. And so they end up talking about their early experiences, the people that they worked with. And so almost any business book involves some sort of therapy about how did you get to where you are? And which is interesting. Right. And the other interesting thing that people probably don't understand about ghostwriting and working with a ghostwriter, that client goes through all levels of emotion as you're working with them on the book. They're reliving their history. They're going through the past with you. And sometimes it can become very difficult for them to keep moving on and keep moving forward. And occasionally, sometimes they self-sabotage and they'll put the project on the back burner until they're able to work through their issues. But I think from a social standpoint, people are more willing to admit they need help in all kinds of levels of mental health these days with getting that ghostwriter on board, with working through those issues. And even though ghostwriting isn't billed as therapy, I think many ghostwriters understand that up front. And, you know, they, they go into it knowing the the clients don't go into it knowing that's what's going to happen, but ghostwriters right. are generally well prepared for that to happen because honestly, it definitely creates a richer story when you get to those aspects of a person's life and then the ghostwriter can translate them into the narrative. Right. Yeah. Instead of, I did this and this happened, you get into, well, why did that happen? And why did you make that decision based on? that happening and you because you could have gone these other five different ways you know well when I look back so yeah it's definitely richer stories come out of that self-reflection and sometimes again going just to business books the entrepreneurs and the CEOs haven't had a chance to really contemplate why they did what they did it just became sort of rote or they just did what they had to do as they often said Right. And exactly. at the moment, you didn't have the chance to think, well, huh, why did, why did I go that way? Exactly. So you have written many business ghostwriting books. You've also written under your own name. What is the typical range of 
a ghostwriter, say for a Prince Harry or somebody very famous? Is that is that something that you encounter those prices every day, or how do you see that level of ghostwriting working as as it compares to what you do every day? Well, when you're dealing with celebrities who have probably been offered massive advances, you know, we're talking 500,000, a million, multiple millions, they can have their pick of ghostwriter. And so they go to people who have often written those types of books. So I think Prince Harry's ghostwriter is said to have earned a million dollars. And I believe they worked together for at least a year, if not longer, and he relocated to be near Prince Harry's house. So there, there was also some expenses involved in getting that book done. But that's not typical for the average ghostwriter. I think most ghostwriters today are seeing books paying somewhere between 20000 and 50000 is is probably what I would guess would be average. There are some that pay less. There are actually a lot that pay less because people who are trying to crank out ebooks think that they can pay $500 and get a decent manuscript. And I, I don't think that's reasonable. <laughs> right. But, <laughs> but there are lots of those opportunities, um, $500, $250 eBooks. But you just can't in the US make a living at that. It's, books just take too long to write. Even when you're writing super fast, I did a book in 30 days and Ooh. it's all I did for 30 days. So even then, if you do if you're doing one a month, that's maximum twelve in a year, maximum, and, and you probably couldn't hit that. Right. <laughs> I am hearing more ghostwriters who are earning above that. Of the people that I interviewed, there were a number who were charging seventy five to even one hundred and seventy five thousand per book. And the books at the higher end were typically I don't want to say necessarily with celebrities, but they came through agents. So the books already were under contract. The author knew what they could afford to pay the ghostwriter. And so 175 to 200,000 wasn't beyond the realm of possibility. I, I also don't think those are as common as the ones that are, as I said, in the 20 to $50,000 range. Right. And so because we're seeing more publicity for ghostwriting and ghostwriters in general in the world today, you've developed a niche with your association. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your association for ghostwriters and how that helps young aspiring ghostwriters and veteran ghostwriters work to get to higher levels and work to get better jobs? Sure. Well, I founded the Association of Ghostwriters back in 2010 when a number of then new ghostwriters were at a writing conference and just talking about how we were doing this fun work that we hadn't realized existed. And yet there wasn't a community or an organization we could join. So I started it really with a mission to bring together ghostwriters to network, to share best practices, and to raise visibility of the profession in the hopes of then attracting more work. Over the years, I think that we have certainly raised the visibility of the profession, or at least I like to think so. But today, it's really a very active community of ghostwriters who do share best practices. They share a lot of how they do their work. 
where they get their work, who their clients are, what red flags are. I mean, we have regular conversations about just running a ghostwriting business. And there are a number of different ways that members get work through the organization. One is through leads that come in on the website. Another is through the directory listings that are on the site. Everybody who joins as a professional member gets a listing. And so some clients come directly to the ghostwriters. They can do a search and find people who are in their local area or who have written books similar to the one that they want to write. And they will just reach out that way. So it's, yeah, I would say the Association of Ghostwriters is a community of ghostwriters who are all trying to build ghostwriting businesses. And one thing I think is, is interesting about the Association of Ghostwriters is that you offer a membership for what I would call junior members or people who are interested in joining the ghostwriting profession, but really don't know how. And they're looking to break into this market and you help guide them through that process. I know that in my business of hiring ghostwriters, I have certain requirements. And one of those is that a ghostwriter must have at least two ghostwritten books to their credit. And um, that's, that's almost a hard bar to achieve sometimes as you're trying to get into the business. So how do you go about helping those young ghostwriters get to that level of, of getting a couple of good books under their belt? And that's probably why our requirement for the professional level membership where they get leads is two books. <laughs> so, so we copied Jenkins. If you have not ghostwritten two books, then you can join the association as an associate member. And what that means is you get most of the same benefits as the professional members, but you don't get access to leads because the people who come to the association looking for help have never done this before. They haven't written a book, they haven't published a book, and they want somebody to hold their hand and guide them. And if you haven't ghostwritten a book yourself, you, you can't do that. So aspiring members become members of this community. The aspiring ghostwriters can network with the more experienced ghosts during our monthly office hours calls. They can ask questions. They can ask about where to look for work, how to land the work, what they can do to position themselves to attract the work. So it's really just learning through the community. We have had marketing discussions on these office hours calls. So it's really designed to help everybody find more work, do the work as efficiently as possible, and then raise your rates. And that I, I say that so many times on each of these calls, raise your rates because ghostwriters are just in most cases, not charging enough. And interestingly, that came out of the interviews that I did with clients, you know, authors who had hired ghostwriters, several said, I couldn't believe what they were charging and they really should charge more. Some people were knocked out of contention because of their low rates. So that is what they will hear frequently from me. All members raise your rates. Exactly. It doesn't inspire confidence when you go out and you get a couple bids from ghostwriters and you've got someone who's willing to work for $10,000 and then you've got another ghostwriter who's not going to accept a job for less than 30. You also really do have to look at their background and qualifications that's one thing that we do say at Jenkins Group when a client or a prospect will come to us and say, 
I want to hire a ghostwriter. How much is it going to cost? And we say, well, that is based on some, some different factors, such as how big is the book? How many interviews will there be? Where is the source material located? And then also, what experience level do you want in a ghostwriter? You can, it's just like going out and buying a car. You, you don't walk into the car lot and say, I want to buy a car, you know, which, well, and then the salesperson is going to ask you, what sort of car do you want? Do you want a Cadillac or do you want a Ford Escort? So really ghostwriters are just like anything else where quality drives performance and that also drives the cost. So that's something to look at also, but generally, yes, the the cost benefit analysis is such that the client has to take a look at how much time would I spend working on this book myself? And would that be wasted time because I'm not a tremendous writer? So I'm going to go ahead and spend all this time and I'm not going to get a good product. But if I hire this person, I'll get a better product. So the money invested is, is worth the time it takes to, to go ahead and complete the project. I, I will say, however, that some clients go the low cost route. Mm-hmm. They'll they'll hire the five thousand dollar or ten thousand. Ten thousand, I don't think, is horrific as a fee if the book is shorter. But they will opt for the low cost option and then have a manuscript that needs a ton of editing. So they will pay much more for the editing on the back end because the product just was not publishable, really. Right. I think that's, I would caution anyone listening who's thinking about hiring a ghostwriter, just you need to consider the whole process and where you want to invest your time. And if you, if you want to go cheap on the front end, there's going to be a lot more work on the back end. And that's also something that definitely needs to be considered when, when writing a book. And one of the things that we like to ask up front is what do you want your book to do for you? And how do you want it to perform when it's out in the world? And that's really a good prompt to get people to say, oh, okay, this is what I want to do with the book. And you say, okay, this is how you need to write the book to achieve those goals. So let's look at a writer who has a track record in writing those sorts of books successfully. Um, And we know that they can go ahead and build that book for you that will go out and achieve those goals for you. So... And I think that's a good question. Yeah. Why Why are you writing this? Is it to leave a legacy? Is it to promote your business? What's the point? And yeah, that should drive who you hire. Definitely. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Concept Cover. Is there anything we forgot to talk about or anything we missed in our discussion? I don't think so. I think we've covered why why we're hearing so much about ghostwriting, what clients can expect to pay. Yeah. Good talk. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. If you want to find out more about the show and our guest, you can go to our website, concepttocoverpodcast.com. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Thank you. Thank you.